Whoa, did you hear that? Yeah, I did. What the hell? <laughs> that never happened before. I have to consent to being recorded. That's sweet. Evidently, recording is in progress. That's creepy. Was that me? I was the robot from the future. Did you consent, Andrew? Oh, it's recording. I guess he consented. Okay. Yeah. Are we on? We're on. Hey, everybody. You've reached the Mayfair Podcast. I'm Eric. I'm Andrew. This is Josh. I'm leaving all that in. That was hilarious. Might as well. It was confusing. I was like, why did Josh sound like, you know, you sounded like the bad guy in Resident Evil, like that computer system or something. But you're all going to die here. That must be a new update of creepy British godlike voice making sure you want to actually do a podcast. I liked it. I mean, it asked us for our consent before Josh recorded us, which it never did before, which actually makes it more disturbing all the past podcasts we did. But I guess it's okay. That's interesting. I wonder if something came through where a bunch of people were like, I just found out my boss was recording me while we were doing a Zoom for the office. Yeah, man. I'll have to put some feelers out there to see if anyone at the office uh, knows anything about this. So it is Tuesday, May 18th, fresh from another week of lockdown. And the update is, I don't think we had this update last week, where it got extended until June 2nd, 2021. And there is greatly conflicting reports of whether it's going to be extended again after that. What? Oh, yeah. (laughs) I've heard smart people on both sides of that thought saying, no, I think it's pretty sure that it's going to be extended for the whole month or people going, no, we're doing good. It's going to stop on June 2nd. So I don't know. Well, I got my first shot on Saturday. Whoa. Oh, wow. Tell us. I'm taking that woe as you guys didn't get in yet. No. (laughs) Mine's on Friday. It was pretty good. You know, they were running a bit behind and I I slept in too. They're just like, "Eh, take this. I slept in like I almost like I slept in, but I wasn't late. Like I just made it. Oh my God. Yeah, that that shows you how (laughs) responsible I am. But I made it and they were running behind. And but other than that, it was, you know, smooth sailing. Did you have any horrible after effects? No, just pretty much what I expected. I just, you know, arm was a little sore and I was just exhausted afterwards. Yeah. So I was in bed early. Perfect. (laughs) Which is probably good because then the old system went to work. Yeah, exactly. Did they tell you which shot you got? I got, what's it called? Pfizer. Oh, there you go. The winning team. Yeah. Apparently. (laughs) I think that's what I'm getting, but they didn't. I mean, I didn't care. I'm just sort of like willing to take whatever they'll give. So we'll see. I'll have more. I guess that'll be the next podcast one. And then Josh can be like, I'm getting closer. I'm almost there. Yeah, I'm on June 9th. That's not bad. Yeah, at City Hall, which is very convenient, right near my house. Mm -hmm. And the second one, September something. I managed to luck out pretty well. I tuned into the website and click, click, click and got it. Gwen got signed up today. She's in the decade younger than myself sign up quotient. So she got it, but it was like Rolling Stones tickets. Like she said, as we speak, it's sold out for this round or sold out whatever you call it for this round sold out. It, that didn't even seem weird to me actually <laughs> are there people in the parking lot scalping uh <laughs> yeah. i was thinking that i was like wow how much is my friday pfizer shot worth <laughs> like, just go uh, in with like a just for no reason go in with like you know some groucho glasses and a and a fedora and a trench coat and it's somebody else going yes i am eric please oh, give God. me my shot now Man, the best thing about doing it at City Hall was that I realized I had an eye appointment and then I, I was like, well, I probably won't need my health card because, I mean, I, I work on the same street as the eye doctor. 
And so obviously they did need my health card this particular time. So I was like, okay, well, I'll just call back in 10 minutes with it, whatever. And so I checked and my card had expired in August, like this past August, I didn't even notice. And so I was like, oh God, I can't do it online. They're like, you got to do it in person. Where's the closest place? City Hall. So Friday, I'm taking a shot and then sitting down for 15 minutes, then running over and getting a new health card. Fun. Perfect. Yeah, it was really weird, like kismet. Uh, it really worked out nicely. Yeah, everything seems to be rolling along. I know we always compare ourselves to the States and statistically with our population and all that, we're right now, I think, on par with or ahead of the States per population getting jabbed. And yeah, my mom got one. My brother out in Vancouver got his first. So they're doing well over there as well. And yeah, next thing you know, most of us are going to have it. All of us who are wise enough to get it are going to have it anyhow. And that should fix things up a little bit. Yeah, I'm sure it's going to be a jammed for God. Like, is it, what was the first day where it was 18 plus today or yesterday, I guess? I think or it was today. today. Yeah, today, today. Yeah. Yeah. So it must just be bonkers. Like, my God, <laughs> it was probably horrible. I was leaving to go to the Mayfair to swap up the marquee. And Gwen was laying in bed on her phone looking at it. And she said, like, whatever. She was like, they tell you, like, you're number 3,500 in line. And. <laughs> Before I left, she got down to like, oh, you're down to 2,300. You're down to 1,800. So she got it. She didn't get one super near us, but she has to go to a hospital not too, too far away. But mm. so she didn't get the A plus hope of getting it at City Hall. Damn. But yeah, she got one. So that'll be happening soon as well. And then what is it? After you get your second one, you're supposed to wait to make sure everything's good? Two weeks, I think. Yeah, I think it, like that's the thing. So I won't be fully vaccinated technically until two weeks after September 10th. So <laughs> like, so September 24th, I will be rocking. That's still good. That still puts us all before Halloween, before mm -hmm. Thanksgiving. Yeah, that's good. Christmas. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, yeah. And that one. Yeah, that's really it. Oh my God. Christmas is going to be nuts. Somebody was joking about Somebody put a tweet with, I don't know what movie it is, but it was a an Asian film, a black and white film. And it was two characters. And one of them said, oh, that movie's really good. It made me cry. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to be crying at everything. It's just yeah. even though this is the fourth round, there's going to be something that now we're one step closer and trying to get it. Everyone getting shot and everything like that. So, yeah, it's going to be. And there's hints that we're, you know, we're we're making plans for 2022 and people are anxious to come and do live music to silent films and Saturday morning cartoons and all those kind of things. So it's nice to be slowly and tentatively planning stuff for the future. Oh man, my uh, one of my best friends is getting married in November, which was supposed to be last November and I'm the best man. So I had an extra year to do my speech, but I still <laughs> haven't done it. So I'm like, oh God, this is really starting to catch up with me now. Is it here or do you got to go somewhere for it? I don't actually know. It's like it's it's in Ottawa somewhere. I, I actually don't really know where it is. I'm like, ah, you don't even know where it is. <laughs> no, I don't even care. It'll be in, it'll, it's in November. I figure I'll start my speech around Remembrance Day and then I'll probably be all right. You know, and then just find the venue somehow. Maybe it's at the Mayfair. I don't know. My friends run a Comic-Con out east and they posted. It's so weird to post a leapfrog year. But so they said we're going to be back June 2022 after missing 2020 and 2021 and it's so bizarre to be so looking forward to something a year whatever that is 375 days away <laughs> like it's yeah. it's but it, it's very nice to be looking at that and I, I texted our friend who we stay with when we go out there and i'm like be ready to get us at the airport on june 1st in 2022 <laughs> oh man that's that's my anniversary too Whoa. easy to remember 
that's what we're all going to start doing. And it's going to feel so alien. But when we've all got our 5G shots and the powers that be are like, yep, it's safe to sit on an airplane. Yeah, it's going to be so weird. It's going to be great, but so weird. Yeah, I've been thinking about that too. Like my second best friend, my, my actual best friend. I don't know. It's getting weird. I'm juggling these two guys. And <laughs> I, I, hopefully none of them listen to anything I do. But yeah, like he's in LA. So I'm like, I'm going to go back eventually, but I'm not in. I mean, it could be in two years. But I miss them too. So I'm like, I'm really torn. Like, I don't really want to go on a plane, but I'm also like, well, I kind of want to see my best friends. And it's a little, it's a little awkward. Man, remember when you were going on a trip and your best friend's wife was like, you got to change your clothes and take a shower and get all the germs yeah. off you. And we were like, she was crazy. Oh man, I think about that sometimes. I don't want to bring it up because, you know, I mean, I should validate her at this point, but still, I remember like just thinking, I literally had to bring a change of clothes from the airport to wipe down all my luggage and all my clothes and switch and everything. And I was like, oh, this is ridiculous. This is going to be gone in months. That was the first thing I heard about COVID. And I would love to, because there was no genuine ill will, but that'd be someone I'd love to bump into her one day and be like, oh my God, you're the smartest person I know because <laughs> you were the first person making people wash their hands and be clean. And we thought you were nuts. And clearly you're a genius. Yeah. And that was in February too. Yeah. 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 2020. So I mean, like most people try to like have me wiped down with various things before I go into their <laughs> home anyway. Like it's, it's just good practice, but this, this was a good reason. I hope she's like super smug about it and like, well, well, well. Yeah, I think, I mean, it's one of those things that you don't think you feel good about being right about. No. <laughs> it's, it's just kind of trash, but I mean, it's not so bad for them now. Like, I mean, I, th I think it's, things are a little uh, more normal there, but not so much. Many places in the States are, you know, still being cautious and still people getting their vaccinations and people wearing masks in public and stuff like that. But they've hit that step, I think, of kind of carefully going to restaurants and carefully going to the cinema and carefully going to, you know, smaller events and stuff like that. So we'll be there soon. You know, we'll be there. Like we said, we'll be there for Halloween, maybe, or something like that. Oh, Tarantino's cinema is opening with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Andrew's got to be all over that. Well, the book is the book is coming out in like a month or so. Oh, Oh man, got to renew interest. So I'm excited for that. Yeah, for sure. Have they announced an audiobook for that? Yeah, Jennifer Jason Lee's doing the audio version. Oh, hmm. I was going to say who which is really cool. Yeah, I'll listen to that. That'd be cool. The hard copy and the the audio version. Yeah, yeah. Man, he's going to be able to quote the whole movie eventually. <laughs> this, it'll be good. We just like put a quarter in him and he just goes for hours. Yeah. I got like a uh nerd gasp the other day because I was telling somebody who was buying trailers that, you know, we don't have a giant library of 35 millimeter film and we don't have a lot of people think we do. There's a misconception that we have 300 films on hand, but we just don't have the space or really need them to be harsh about the love of film. And I, I just offhandedly said, yeah, like a lot went here and a lot went there into private collectors and we kept a few and some went to Quentin Tarantino. And they were like, what? And they like audibly gasped at the thought that some of our Mayfair collection is in the hands of a Quentin Tarantino. But it is. It, it went off to some of our old 35 millimeter films are screening at the New Beverly, I'm sure, every once in a while. Yeah, absolutely. It'll be a good in to a, a good opening conversation if I ever bump into Quentin at a film festival or something like that. <laughs> so, or a box social. <laughs> yeah. No, that's going to be why. Hey, and it's, uh, you know, it's always good to see a Saw movie at the top of the box office, even if the box office is $9 million. <laughs> but Starring Chris Rock. 
and written i think he wrote it too he directed it well i think darren bowsman directed it oh like, did he i thought chris rock directed it too i think uh, he, he hopefully like he, he i think he just out. came up with the story idea or something oh. there's a lot of miscommunication going around in the conversation already <laughs> <laughs> i can't yeah because i remember it was just finding it so weird that he was involved at all like that he wanted to be involved you know like let alone samuel jackson obviously but i think it's probably inspired by i think chris rock likes being a filmmaker or likes being a writer and it's like anything else you know like try something new I'm, I'm sure there must have been some inspiration and some help from jordan peele where he could point at that and say look that funny guy did well doing horror so <laughs> that's true I, I had to double check it and apparently he, he didn't write it but i know that i heard like maybe maybe it's what andrew said that he had the idea for the story because i know i heard something about that i thought what a weird world that chris rock is doing horror films now too but it's cool that I, I like Darren Bousman as a director as well. It's like kind of cool that he got to come back after he did like two to four and then came back for, oh God, is this nine? I can't, I can't remember which one this is anymore. I think it's the ninth one. So like, that's kind of cool that you're like, you're like, Hey, uh, you know, we're, we're going back to you. Is that canonical or all, is this a reboot? Um, I think it's like a, maybe a soft ish reboot. Like I think it does connect, but they're all canon. Like, I mean, they all flow. Like, I mean, obviously it's ridiculous and nothing is a hundred percent sensical, but you know, I've seen a lot of horror series like good and bad. And I must say, considering that they're pumping those out, like one a year and they have to connect and still have twists and mysteries and involve that dude. They did a pretty damn good job. I gotta say, like, I mean, for silly horror movies, I can't even imagine the Bible of that series. Like having, a, you're like, okay, we got to remember that in 19 whatever he did this with his wife, and now this trap happened. It's like, it's like, how would you even get that right? Because you know, there's going to be a an evil Andrew in the audience who's like, ah, uh, actually, in Saw Four, this doesn't make sense now because of what you did, you know. And everyone punches me out. I can't, I mean, if you were saying it during the movie in a theater, I mean, it's, it's not super cool. But we're just happy that theaters are open again, and, and that scenario so eh, it's fine i wonder what the next horror thing is i think we're still kind of in the midst of it kind of the i don't know if we're in the jordan peele era because saw kind of had its day and before that was god what was before that kind of maybe like the asian kind of stuff and then before that would have been scream i guess but like yeah they, they go kind of in like you know seven eight year gaps it was those haunting ones for a while too like conjuring and oh um, yeah, yeah and yeah. the other one whatever the other series that's just the conjuring again was and they're still <laughs> hanging in there i really like those conjuring world movies yeah like they're fun even the annabelle ones were pretty good I, like i was kind of shocked actually to be honest with you it's <laughs> like how is a spin-off of a spin-off basically like but it's decent that's the most hilarious backhanded compliment where you're just like man i was shocked how half not oh it wasn't bad bad that was. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that was not garbage at all like how did you do it Right on the poster. Poster quote. Yeah, I'm I'm intrigued. Like, I don't, I like them, but I'm also not one of those people who's, Conjuring 2 was really good, but I'm also, if the third one is just fine, I'm not going to be like, oh, you let everything down. Like, I can't, I have so many high hopes writing on this franchise. I've still got to read the book, the source material, just because I'm a sucker for that kind of quote unquote true story horror, like Amityville or UFOs or Sasquatch or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I think there's like a actual autobiographical book written by that husband and wife team who huh. fight ghosts who are yeah. ghostbusters but yeah and of course they were like not taken seriously and whatever but like it's one of those i think that book is out there where it's them talking about their 
ghost busting adventures essentially yeah. ghost busting adventures yeah <laughs> ghost busting that's what it should have been called obviously but i mean whatever we remain busy at the mayfair i've been going in almost every day and changing up the marquee a couple days ago was funny because i had been on ctv the night before because there was this charity concert going on so they had me on a bit talking about that Oh yeah, how was that? Did do we know that was that was oh good? My God. It was a huge success, right? It was a huge success, and okay, good. The best kind of fundraiser where we don't have to do anything because because <laughs> just it's hard. Like a, a few years back when we did the big Indiegogo campaign and year long event or near year long event to raise money to buy a projector, it's just it's a full time job in itself, and you're busy doing your other full time job. For that, we did some of the similar things that they did for this of having auctions and giveaways and special events. So in this case, a group of local musicians and local Mayfair fans came to us and said, we have this idea. Is that cool with you? And we're like, thumbs up, go do it. And really all we did was answer a few questions and do some social media, but it's just, it's so much work. And they had a connection with the music scene. So they found all these great artists to participate Mm. and yeah, it looks like it's after some because like anything else, it's even in fundraising, it's spend money to make money. So mm. after a few deductions and this and that, it looks like we're getting 20,000 bucks out of them. What? Yeah, yeah. Lord, I thought you were gonna say like, God, like 200 or something. I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm shooting too low, but like, that's crazy. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I thought you know, shoot for the stars and not to underappreciate them at all. I was like, oh, you know, a couple thousand bucks, something like that, because it's a last minute weekend event and whatever. But it's just, it's another in a long line and not just since March, 2020, but it's another in a long line of examples of this crazy anomaly that is the Mayfair Theater and that it is here because of this, it's a wonderful life thing that happens over and over again of our patrons renting the marquee and our patrons buying 35 millimeter trailers off of us and coming to movies and and renting the cinema and buying lots of gift cards at Christmas and, and just tripping over themselves to make sure that we're going to get through this. And I keep on telling people like, you know, we're not cocky about it. Like we're not leaning back. We're working really, really hard and getting all the grants we can and applying for every extra dollar we can get, but we're coming back. Like no question we're coming back. But when, a group of local musicians put on a last minute event and work really hard for a week and then raise $20,000 for you. That's going to go to paying all of these rent bills and stuff that we can't mm-hmm. pay because we're closed all the time. So it's amazing because like, yeah, like if they would have said we made you $4,000, $5,000, that would have been incredible. Even 200 to be honest. I mean, yeah, it's like anything at all. You're like, it's free money and we love you for it. Yeah. And so it's, that's going to, be spent well. Like I kind of joke that before all this happened, there's never a time where a small business, whether it's a restaurant or an art store or a record store or whatever, is like, yeah, we got enough money. You always yeah. need more money. And there's always something happening, like a fridge breaks or there's a leak in the roof or there's always something. Right now, really, we kind of need our marquee fixed up. There's a number of holes in the marquee that it's making life more and more difficult in spacing out things because there's like little holes that you can't put an eye over. It'll just fall right through. Oh yeah. hate that. So that's on the agenda, but yeah, it's just, it blows you away. It blows you away that people care this much about the Mayfair. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. It's pretty, uh, it's pretty sad that we just spent the money on a hovercraft, but still like we had so (laughs) much fun with that thing. I always think of the, 
Empire Records thing, you know, like we're gonna take it all the casino and put yeah. it all on black. No. <laughs> yeah. Man. I just watched that like not too long ago. It's pretty he's getting ideas already. Yeah. I'm reeling from that. I had a friend of mine text me like when he heard about the show who was like really nervous and upset about us and he was like you told me the theater was fine and i was like we are fine it's not like we're not it's not a we're not like begging or like putting it on ourselves it's like it's just people love us and want to help and you know every every small business can use some help and i put him at ease but he was like really nervous about us i was like i promise you like it's gonna be fine yeah and that's what's great too not to kick the multiplex while they are also down but Cineplex is not getting phone calls from a local community group saying, hey, can we put on a concert for you? <laughs> and so that it makes you feel loved and it makes you feel like you're going to get through this. But but yeah, for sure, we're getting through this. And I've been in the same position where a couple times I have to be at the cinema doing stuff and picked up the phone or answering emails. And some people were really, really concerned and like just saying, how can I give you guys money? I was like, well, we'd love for you to get something in return. So if you want to buy a plaque or rent a marquee or buy a 35 millimeter reel, some people have just been nice enough to send us money essentially because they see that I'm accepting money through my email that then I give to the Mayfair. So they've just PayPal me or e-transfer me money there just with a little note, which is very appreciated. But I've told people that we're still going to need your money when we come back. So if you hang on to your 20 bucks, your 40 bucks right now, and when you come, just make sure to visit the candy bar, make sure to buy a membership card, just that helps. So I said, you can keep that hundred bucks you were going to give us now and dole it out to our candy bar over your next few visits. And that's really awesome too. So we'll need that when we come back. Absolutely. Yeah, seriously. Don't forget to tip your Andrew on the way out. Yeah. <laughs> your Andrew, yeah. <laughs> He's got a new place now. We need those tips. Lee said the same thing to me. He was like, Andrew lives more uh, close by now. He's going to have to work whenever we want him to work now. <laughs> well, it's funny. I biked there today oh, for cool. the first time, and it only took about 15 minutes. Did you just bike over to see how long it would take? Well, I was biking to meet somebody, but you know, I thought, well, I'll bike, I'll bike there just to see how long it'll take. And I timed myself, and it was, I was shocked. It was only 15 minutes like from my house, pretty much. And going there is worse because you're going up this giant hill that's at this perfect angle to get really annoying when you get to the top of it. Yeah, yeah. But going back home, oh, that's going to be great. Yeah. Downhill all the way. Yeah, we're looking forward to Andrew's housewarming in three years. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Three years, yeah. We've earned it. So anyhow, I I was on the top of the ladder in the aftermath of doing an interview about this amazing fundraiser, and an older gentleman walked up. And I swear to God, for a third of a second, I thought I was about to be pushed off the ladder by an anti-masker because he had this gruff voice and he went, hey there. And I was like, yes. And he said, were you on the news last night? And he just had this kind of suspicion to his voice that I misinterpreted that I thought he was going to be angry at me because I said wearing masks are cool or something like that. And then he said, great job. Keep it up. And just kept walking. And he was like a cowboy. But I really thought I was about to be pushed off the ladder for a second. (laughs) Man, <laughs> the excitement that happens in your life that so few people know about. And a marquee yesterday was a marriage proposal marquee. And I'm happy to report that the proposal was successful. I was there when the couple dropped by. And damn lucky that I didn't ruin it because I am very good at saying a surprise that some people are trying to not leak out, you know, a birthday party or a secret gift or whatever. 
And they came and I didn't realize the proposal had not happened yet. And that I did not say congratulations is a miracle because they got there. And then the guy was very savvy about it. I volunteered. I went across the street to take a picture. At that point, he got her to look up to the marquee and see the sign because nobody looks at the marquee when they're on the same side of the street. And then she freaked out and said yes and saw the sign and everything. So it all went well. Jeez. That's a lot of pressure, my God. I know. <laughs> That's crazy. But it worked. So it's, I, I thought, because I think talking with my wife about that, and it was like, oh, yeah, apparently uh, they said yes. And she was like, well, yeah, but maybe that's just like the guy saying that because she said no, and he just wants this under the rug and never to talk about this again. Well, and it's one of those things where I'm just waiting for the one to go wrong. <laughs> I don't want it to happen. You still got to pay. That's never happened, though. It's always <laughs> been It's always been a yes. Of course. Yeah, it always has. But, you know, it's that old footage of a guy who proposed at a baseball game. And he was some crazy person who was on his second date. And the girl did not take it well and stormed <laughs> off. And I'm always waiting for that to happen. But... So far, we have a 100% proposal success rate at the Mayfair. Oh, There's a great one at the mall somewhere. I can't remember where it is, but it's like, yeah, the guy's proposing and he got like a whole mariachi band and everything. Oh, <laughs> and God. Like, and the woman, I think she like hits him over the head with the mariachi, like one, with one of the guitars. So, you know, I mean, it might, it might not be real, but it's a great scene. Yeah. The other thing I did at the Mayfair was alphabetized all of our for sale posters and... Those aren't going to be up for grabs on the internet because those are just going to be in-house when people drop by. But man, it's a, another another big accomplishment uh, that has that has happened during these lockdown times. This silver lining of of just getting that all nice and tidy. And I'm I, I'm going to put up some sign of like, for the love of God, do not mess these up again. Oh God, how long <laughs> did it take? Yeah, uh, you know, a couple days, but not eight-hour days or anything like. Yeah, a couple of half days, kind of. And, and they're not, like, literally alphabetized because I've learned that that is a fool's errand because it'll get messed up pretty quick. Yeah. But it's like the A's are in a sleeve, the B's are in a sleeve. Yeah. And I actually need a few more because it's almost like that Wheel of Fortune rule, you know, like there's ST's, R's, B's, whatever. There's, like, too many, even though nothing good, but I threw out a ton. But it's I swear it's nothing that anybody would ever want. But we still got some good treasure in there. It's It's all stuff in the last you know, 10 years, there were some people delusional of like, oh, do you have any old Nightmare on Elm Street posters? And I was like, well, no, no, we wouldn't be selling <laughs> those. We'd be keeping those or, you know, I'd be getting rid of those for a much higher price. But there's still a lot of good treasure in there. So that's another thing to look forward to when we're back. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see all the gems that we forgot ever actually played. Yeah. <laughs> all the Ben Affleck movies. There was a lot of Ben Affleck posters. Was there a Changing Lanes poster in there? Nothing that old, but his last three or four movies, because Ben works a lot. But yeah, there was <laughs> there was a good handful of those. But a lot of good stuff. A lot of you know, a lot of sci-fi stuff and horror stuff, and some good kind of indie horror stuff. There was like Krampus in there, or mm. uh, or indie movies like Brigsby Bear, kind of real mainstream cartoons, SpongeBob, Scooby Doo, all the Disney stuff. So a lot of good stuff for people to pick through uh, when we're back. That's going to be nice. That was, uh, it was uh, not great there. <laughs> After no, like several no. <laughs> years, 10, 20 years of mismanagement poster. Yeah. Not, not on your part, of course, but the poster burrowers. And there was some stuff <laughs> where it's like, why do we have this? No one's going to buy this floating head of an actor you've never heard of in a movie that nobody watched. <laughs> like, 
Oh man, those are good. You need to do mystery bags for those. Like you just throw those in. You're like, wow, this isn't good. Oh, people would be so angry. Be like, ten posters for ten dollars, and they'd just be like, <laughs> I've never heard of any of these. Oh my, it'd be great if you gave them ten of the same poster as well. <laughs> like I didn't even know you had this many Meg posters. You could totally do that. Uh, okay, as we're closing in on wrapping up for this week, let's do another round of recommendations. Since you oh, can't yeah. come see movies at the Mayfair or our houses. Or our houses. I mean, in general, probably not anyway, but still. Andrew, have you caught up on anything now that you have your internet back? Yeah, last night I watched an old classic. Well, I guess it's not really a film noir, but a, like a hard-boiled sort of crime tale called The Setup with Robert Ryan, where he plays a, an over-the-hill boxer who's supposed to throw a fight. And it's really, you'd like this one, Josh, because it, you know, it's only like 72 minutes. Perfect. And it's a lot of it's in real time, I think, or, or they're sort of portraying it like it's in real time. Like it's all takes place over the course of like a, I don't know, like eight round fight or something like that. That's cool. And it's really, it's really cool. It's like really, it's made in like 1949, but it's held up really well. Like it's very like gritty and kind of modern like it's you know it could have been made yesterday by like i don't know the coen brothers or something sounds like snake eyes i choose to think it's snake eyes <laughs> i thought of snake eyes actually at the beginning nice <laughs> we can always bring it back to cage because i think i think there's like a single take showing all these background characters and i'm like oh, i wonder if brian de palma <laughs> took from some of this for uh for snake eyes I could see that actually. That would make sense because like the boxing is pretty low level in that movie, but that take is awesome. Yeah, I watched. Well, I watched The Wolf of Snow Hollow, which Josh recommended last week, and it was indeed great. But my two that I watched, I watched this one called Fried Berry, which you guys might have heard of. That's not a real movie. It's, well, it, like it played a couple festivals, but it, it went on Shutter as a, like exclusive, I think. And it's basically about this dude who's kind of like, he has a wife and kid, but he just kind of does drugs. And then he gets possessed by an alien and the alien just kind of goes around on a night of weird adventures. And then, you know, like, that's kind of it. So he's like taking drugs and, and like, so I'm not really sure if the drug thing is different with the alien in him or not, but anyway. Like a stoner, a stoner Mac and me. Well, it kind of, but like not even stoner, like just like drugs, drugs, you know, so he's oh. just like tripping hard and like all these weird adventures and stuff. And it's it's not for everyone, but it was like it's never boring. Definitely uh, a visual treat, I guess, or trial. And the other thing I watched was for the first time I watched the U.S. cut of Shaolin Soccer. And I like I love that movie, but I'd never seen the U.S. dubbed version. And it's like it's not as good, <laughs> but it was it's interesting <laughs> to see the difference between, you know, two versions when you when you know the. But I mean, they cut like almost half an hour out of the movie. So like, it was interesting to rewatch that. So I, I'm, I'm looking forward to going back to the original cut and being like, oh yeah. So really, I love uh, Stephen Chow. Like he's just so talented. Wasn't that all the fault of that monster Harvey Weinstein just being like- Yeah, and, yeah. yeah, that was a, a victim of Miramax editing. Yeah, sadly. It's so weird. I mean, he's done a lot of horrible things, but like- <laughs> Yeah. He did it. <laughs> He ruined a lot of movies as well. So, you know, screw that guy. It's so weird that he, he was trying to be like this big time filmmaker proponent for cinema. And then he just would chop up all these awesome movies mm. to make them shorter. It's really weird. Or just bench them and like never put them out at all. Like they did that a lot too. That's why he is in jail. And, and on the other end of the spectrum, Josh's picks. My picks. So to counter back to Eric, I watched Horror Express. Oh, which I can confirm is an awesome Peter Cushing, Christopher Lee movie. So good. So interesting. Yeah, it feels like a Agatha Christie kind of movie and just happens to have like a 
crazy monster in it, but it's it's all highbrow and British and set on a train. And, and so, yeah, it, it's a it's a weird mashup of a movie. But Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing are so good. Telly Savalas is bizarre because <laughs> yeah. he just doesn't even try to put on an accent. And I think he's supposed <laughs> to be playing a Russian, I think. <laughs> yeah, he's like a Cossack or something. And he's just he's there for 15 minutes, if that. You know? So that was weird. But I watched I love watching these old kind of half forgotten drive in type movies. Mm-hmm that because of the world we're in are out there on various streaming services. But I watched White Line Fever. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. I don't even know what genre you would call this, but it's it's that genre of, of a, a heroic, quiet guy comes back from war and just wants to live the simple life. And then the man stops him from living that life. Well, it's like a Western. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But with, you know, trucks. And it's got like... God, who's in it? It's like Slim Pickens, Dick Miller, Martin Cove. Jan Michael Vincent. Poor Jan Michael oh, Vincent. Yeah. Who, poor, poor Jan Michael Vincent, yeah. <laughs> in an alternate universe, Jan Michael Vincent is like, I don't know, Tom Selleck or Harrison Ford or some some form of success. And it did not work out for poor old Jan Michael Vincent. But <laughs> like, there's a stunt in the movie and it's hilarious because, you know, 1970s stunts compared to now. And you look at it and you're like, I'm pretty sure that's just a guy crawling on the back of a truck driving down the highway. (laughs) And then he like hangs off the side and shoots at the bad guys. And he might have had a cable on him, but I don't think so. I think he was just crawling on that truck. So like seeing stuff like that is always impressive. But yeah, it's just a real kind of fun. Yeah, you're right. Like a Western fight the power kind of movie. So that's a fun old movie that's kind of slightly lost to time. Would have been kind of a B drive-in picture I think it was a huge hit when it came out. Oh, was it? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I think my dad liked that movie because he drove tractor trailers. So. Oh, cool. Oh, nice. I think it has kind of a cult following. If you go on trailers from hell, you can hear the director talk about it. Jonathan Kaplan. He started off doing Roger Corman movies and then he kind of graduated doing bigger stuff. Like he went on to do The Accused with Jodie Foster and other kind of bigger Hollywood stuff. So we're, uh, we're running out of time. Oh, you got like 20 seconds. So we're going to quickly say thanks for listening. You can catch us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And we'll be back with another Lockdown podcast next week. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. Take care. For two million years in these subterranean caves, a creature of superhuman evil was entombed in a wall of ice. Waiting to be free, waiting to live again. Travel with us on a journey into a world where nightmare becomes reality. Are you telling me that an ape that lived two million years ago got onto that crate, killed the baggage man and put him in there? Yes, I am. It's alive. It must be. Travel with us, if you dare, on the Horror Express. Hide, but you can't escape. No one can stop the fury and the terror of the Horror Express. Quiet! I don't want to panic the passengers.